welcome back, everybody, to the Stadium Journey podcast. Thanks for joining us this evening. The website, stadiumjourney.com, world leader in sports travel information. Check it out now. Uh, social media, we can be found on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. What's the new one? Threads, right? Threads. Threads. Yeah, threads. Run all of them at Stadium Journey. Like, share, follow. For the Stadium Journey podcast, for audio versions, type in HIAC Talk Radio Network wherever you look for your favorite podcast. We'll be there too. And for video simulcast of the podcast, go to Stadium Journey's YouTube page. That's pretty simple, right? If you want to be part of our studio audience, like so many are at the moment, we record every other Tuesday night at 7 Eastern, roughly, at danlaw.tv. All right, let me take a minute and introduce the starting lineup tonight. Dave Cotney's here. Follow him at ProFan9. Mark Viquez is online at Ballpark Hunter. The above-average comedian Dan Calachico's here. You can follow him at DanLaw83. And I'm Paul Baker. You can follow me at PuckmanRI. So it's football season again. Specifically, it's college football season. They started last weekend, right? Yeah, week zero was last weekend. So to say there's been a little bit of news over the summer would be an understatement, right? So to try and make some sense of it all, we put up the bat signal and call <laughs> our good friend, Andrew Bowes. You may know him better as college underscore FB underscore tour, college football tour. Andrew answered the call as always. Andrew, welcome aboard. And man, what the hell happened? Uh... I'm still trying to make sense of a lot of it. Um, the traditionalist that I am uh, sees this landscape of, you know, littered conferences, uh, littered teams all over the place. And uh, I'm still trying to breathe it in. Um, but, you know, I, I just I feel like as we're getting closer to, um, you know, the the 12 team playoff, the opportunities to, you know, give teams more opportunities to make that playoff are important of course money's ruling nil is ruling it's not the way we used to it's not your grandfather's game let's put it that way um but you know things are going to change and i think in the end they'll change for the better so um before we really get into it dave, dave was like like uh, you guys are too young to remember welcome back Carter, but he's like ooh, ooh, call me dave did some homework <laughs> and he want he wants to recap some of the moves that happened so dave welcome back Hi welcome there. Welcome back. Welcome back. I got it. All right. What? Maybe maybe I gave you all too little credit there. Well, oh, no. welcome back, Mr. Cat. <laughs> all I right. Always I always like Washington. Do they call you Boom Boom because I you play know. the bass? No, because I pretend to play the bass. <laughs> Alrighty. So, uh, changes for this year. So, football changes for this year. Uh, moving into Conference USA, we'll go from maybe least impactful to most impactful. And if you want to skip this, viewers, go get a snack. Come back in about 15 minutes and they will have it all. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Uh-uh. Stay right here. So, moving into Conference USA, Jacksonville State, Liberty, New Mexico State, Sam Houston for this year. Moving into the AC, into the American. <laughs> the AC. Charlotte. Uh, Florida Atlantic, North Texas, Rice, UAB, uh, UT San Antonio. Nice. Hey. Baby got ack. Baby got hey, ack. Hey, Mark, Mark did leave. <laughs> and then. Wow. 
the big one for this year, Power <laughs> Five, the resurgence, the the saving of the Big Twelve, the one that we thought was going to be toast. So moving into the Big Twelve, BYU, Houston, Central Florida, Cincinnati. Now next year is when it all goes crazy because all the moves are big moves next year. So those so, moves you said are all for this year right now? It, this week. Last do week. it. <laughs> so next year, moving into the Big 12, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah. So the Big 12 will have like 25 teams now? Tra- translation, goodbye, Pac-12. <laughs> uh, the, the, the ones that started it all, Oklahoma and Texas moved to the SEC next year. And then the Big Ten, Oregon, UCLA, USC, Washington. And for those scoring at home, that leaves left over Washington State, Oregon State, who are rumored to be taking a step down and joining the Mountain West. And then Cal and Stanford, who are rumored to be going to the ACC along with SMU. Well, what do you need me for? You just took it <laughs> off. Nice job. Well, Andrew, thanks for joining us at the end of the year. <laughs> well, so, Andrew, you, what does this all mean? Yeah, you encapsulated it very nicely. Um, it means chaos. But um, I can give you the, the, the short of it, I think, right now. I, I really see college football moving towards how maybe we see Major League Baseball right now, where you have – a couple large divisions and within each division you may have smaller divisions like a west a central and an east um, that at least would work for the the big 10 now i mean that's that's pure speculation no one knows exactly what's going on and, and you know where this is all headed I mean, the big 10 is now going to have 18 teams that you can't call them the big 10 anymore you know if you're going to if you're going to throw the geographical map into the trash then these names are probably going to change as well Andrew, I got to be honest. Yeah. I don't remember ever there being a time when the Big Ten had 10. Oh, I do. I absolutely do. I, I that was, was I, Big I, I'm sure it happened. It was before my time. <laughs> when I started watching, the Big Ten had 11. Well, let me see. That means you started watching in the early 1990s when they added Penn State. And I have a note I want to add about that. Um, and I'll get back to that, but it was in the early fifties when the big 10, um, became the big 10. Actually, I shouldn't say that exactly. Chicago left Michigan state, took over the, the, um, the conference, uh, back into the conference and bring it to 10. The University of Chicago was in the big 10. Yeah. They're one of the charter members actually. Huh, I didn't uh, that. Yeah. Michigan state took their place. So the fifties to about 1990, they were the big 10. I started going, uh, my very first game. In college football it was 1988, Minnesota, Wisconsin, uh, and um, and they were the, the classic Big Ten then. But mm. but coming back to what I was going to say, you had said Texas and Oklahoma started it all. I'm going to argue that Jim Delaney, commissioner of the Big Ten, had the vision long before anybody else did. Uh, back then in 1990, he brought Penn State into the Big Ten, and that was a geographical, like, you know, mind blower at the time like penn state they're way too far east that doesn't make any sense at all 
Um, and now, you know, that, you know, that, that I think believe is what started all. And then, you know, he kept moving East and grabbed Maryland and Rutgers and grabbed Nebraska and more West. And, and still that seemed kind of reasonable, not Maryland and Rutgers so much, but Nebraska, Penn state. Okay. I think we can handle that. Um, he had a vision. I think he really saw where college football was going. And, uh, the big 10 was really the first one to really step out of the expected borders and uh, make the make these moves. Um, and I mean, look what it's done. It's opened up television contracts. It's opened up the markets. Now the Big Ten's got the New York market, the Chicago market, and now the LA market. Um, and so, you know, being in the Big Ten is, it's kind of royalty. Um, and that's, you know, I hate to say it, but it really does boil down to that money. And, um, and the traditionalists hate it. But it'll settle itself in. And I think one of the nice things you can always say about college football is that no matter how many things change in the conference world, the universities are going to be the same. The traditions are going to still be the same. You go to a game at Wisconsin, that isn't going to change. The way the game day is, is going to be the same. That's going to be the way everywhere. So college football will still have its roots and still be, you know, passion filled. So I... I, I understand what you're saying. I would argue, though, that the Big Ten may have um, ushered in, like, the previous era mm. because plucking – you know, Penn State was huge, and I, I'll totally give you that. Yeah. And pluck, but plucking Penn State wasn't taking them from another conference. Mm. They were an independent, right? And then you yeah. had others, like, you had – like, everybody in the Big East was independent, and they came together to be the Big East – uh, you had um, Miami. That was a, a big independent school. Like when they were at their best, they were independent before going to the to the Big East. And I think that that era was necessary before the era that we're kind of heading into now. And, you know, maybe getting Nebraska 10 years before the Big Ten did would have been huge. I don't know. They, they were pretty, they were pretty down when they came in. I, I can't say I've, I've heard the big 10 referenced on television without someone questioning, why is Rutgers and Maryland even there? Like who cares um, outside of, you know, the business aspect and getting the big 10 network into Washington and Maryland and, and getting it into New York or whatever. But to me, the big one, and why I said the ones that started it all big schools that were the center of their conference saying, okay, we're out of here. We're going to go, we're going to go to the sec. Is that going to play out better for us on the field? Probably not. You know, is, is Oklahoma and Texas going to dominate? Well, I don't, I, I don't even know that Texas would be dominate, but is Oklahoma going to dominate in the SEC the way they have in the Big 12? Ugh, I don't see that happening. And then you had and then you had the dominoes, you know, other big schools. The UCLA, USC, the center of the Pac-12 without and, and and we're seeing it now. Without those two schools, there is no Pac-12. And it's everybody's just been scurrying to to sort of find their find their way. It's uh where's the evolution you know who knows who knows where it ends i see what you mean though i see what you mean under the context of 
completely leaving a conference, completely leaving a conference and thus stripping of it of its identity. Um, yeah, I can see Texas and Oklahoma being the, that team. Um, Nebraska a little bit there as well. Um, but yeah, that 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 is the part that is that is unsettling to so many that, uh, you know, I guess those who are like, what's going to happen to the Rose Bowl? Well, the Rose Bowl's already been kind of damaged about 20 years ago. So, you know, that doesn't really going to change. I mean, you, it's it's going to change. There's so many things that uh, that you can't keep up with. I think for me, it's just the, the lightning speed of it all. Um, I think that they're just seeing the, I really see they're, they're seeing this 12 team playoff come about and, what can we do to enhance our standing in that? Um, and and then again, money. <laughs> so, you know, but the speed is just, it's breakneck, you know, um, and it's, that's what's startling. It seems like, it seems like there's like a cup of water on the deck and the rats are all scurrying around because they think there's going to be a tidal wave. Well, and it's, it, you know, then we come back to Maryland and Rutgers. Good for them for having the foresight. Now look, I mean, they're looking great right now. If they hadn't made the decision they made uh, joining the Big Ten when they did, they'd be left out, or could you be left. What, what? What I one question I have about all of this because it's clearly, I mean, it's the money's the driving force behind all of this, and and not just money's TV money. Yeah. Uh, and still, I think we're we're still at the point where you know pro sports. Whether they say pro sports is the last DVR proof program there is out there, right? Where you're not recording. Well, I'm sure there are a few hardcores that are going to record the show or the, the the game and watch it later or whatever. But most people don't. You're watching it live. <laughs> yeah, you're. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, those non-hardcore people like Andrew, right? <laughs> um, but the, I guess the question that I have is: is this this television survive this? Right, the amount of money that they're that they're putting out there, and you know, cable systems are 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 coming away. Like the, the cable is is falling. There seems to be always like these articles about how, you know, a Apple is ready to pluck ESPN because they're not doing well. And uh, it's going to, to streaming and, you know, having to program something like a TV network. Is that, you know, are we going to see that 10 years down the road? Who knows? Or are, are like, can these networks make this kind of money back? by sinking all of it into college football and college football is just an, an example. It could be anything, baseball, basketball, whatever, but college football now seems to the dollars that they're talking about seem to be heading up towards that. Not quite, not, not there yet, but up to that NFL kind of level. Well, and that's where, you know, um, you're playing the stock market. You know, this is, this is what you want to invest in. Uh, there are so many, uh, the, uh, the NIL, the transfer portal, these are huge changes that are making the game just that much more interesting and that much more flexible so that the Alabamas of the world don't dominate. Um, you know, I, I would definitely see more teams, you know, 
I would definitely say that the dynasties are going, you would hope with this NIL and the transfer portal in particular, that dynasties won't dominate. Um, and with that, you know, you have so many more schools with a shot, also the 12 team playoff coming up. Um, all these things that are headed out in the future, you know, will make it interesting for television to um, to push forward. And, and, the, and the college fan bases are going to continue to grow as the talent and the ability levels of all these teams spread. So do you think do you think that it's really going to spread or do you think we're going to have like a uh, like a, a March Madness kind of situation where we're going to placate people and make people think that everything's, you know, on a more even scale. And then at the end, it's going to be <laughs> Alabama and Georgia playing in the final right. anyway. <laughs> um. Well, you know, I can't tell. I mean, I, I'm not trying to sit here, trying to make it sound like I know what's going to happen. I'm just, I'm just thinking about what maybe people are thinking. Um, I mean, I, I, I personally hope it doesn't grow past 12 um, and, and get too out of control. Um, I think 12 is, is a good number. What I do see the potential of is that um, the, you have your power five conferences and your group of five conferences right now, although that's going to also shift. But I, I, you know, I see the potential of maybe there being a split there and having two different champions, another division somewhere, because how can a Jacksonville state that just joined the FBS ever, you know, hope to be on the same playing field as in Alabama in, in the future, anytime soon. Um, you know, uh, you know, I, I wish them the best. I do go Gamecocks. Um, but I, um, I, I, I don't, I don't see the playing field being level. So I think that's another huge part of this shift, this rapid shift of all these teams and conferences, and it's starting to break itself already. How do you get UCLA, USC, Oregon, and Washington to leave the, leave to go to the big, you know, 12, so big 10, and then, you know, the other uh, Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State and Utah leaving for the Big 12. You basically kind of left teams, Washington State, Stanford, Cal and Oregon State are scrambling. It's already kind of naturally breaking itself. Um, now, I'm not saying that the teams that are left behind in the Pac-12 don't have a shot at being a part of something big. There's still huge schools, but I mean, there's a reason why these teams got picked up by these larger conferences, you know, and so it's, there's already a natural break. Will that break happen down the road? Um, I've heard a lot of people talk about that as being a solution to leveling the playing field a little bit. And, you know, it seems reasonable. So I heard uh, some interesting stuff in the last few days about SMU, which mm -hmm. is why I'm wearing my hat today. All right, go Mustangs. Let's do it. Pony up. Pony up. Yeah. Pony Express. Pony Excess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Best 30 for 30 ever. That was a good one. Yes. Uh so if we are to believe rumors, and who knows, SMU is willing to join the ACC for no TV money. Of course, this offers a, a, a ton of questions. Yeah. Um, 
if if you if you haven't watched pardon the interruption today check it out their discussion on smu was really funny actually nobody cheats like smu <laughs> <laughs> uh, well and you, you know do you think okay. like this is the the next the next step you know some of these teams who are going to be so desperate to stay in a power 5 conference or to get into a well power 4 conference uh do you think they're going to be willing to to step in for for nothing? Well, I think that they assume that you know that won't last forever. Um, if that's the case, or seven they, years they're talking about. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like such a gamble. I, I don't know, but. <sighs> These conferences, I mean, you're automatically bringing major schools to your like. This is Oklahoma coming to SMU. This is I'm not sorry, Big Big Twelve. They said they wanted to go to SMU, the ACC. ACC. So then you have you know Clemson, Florida State, teams like this coming into SMU. That's going to draw a crowd. That's going to sell more tickets. So naturally, they're going to have some of that. Um, you know, you're going to get more eyeballs on on your on your team, and so. Yeah, I mean, in their mind, that might be um, that might be worth it. I love how George W. Bush um, jumped in to to voice for his team, and Condoleezza Rice jumped in for Stanford, um, both both <laughs> waving their waving their team flags to get them in there. Um, you know, nothing like a little power push. But um, yeah, I mean, is it a desperate move? Kind of sounds like it, but I don't know. I mean. Do you want to play Thursday nights on on ESPN two, or do you want to play at seven p.m. on ABC? You know, so it's or I, yes, or mm -hmm. do you care because your boosters are richer than anyone else, mm -hmm. and now that you have NIL, like you can pay whoever, and you can make your run at the national championship. Right. And yeah. the NCAA won't be breathing down your neck. Uh -oh. right. Death penalty yeah. too, electric boogaloo? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, there's so many more, um, there's so many more open doors that it may not seem like as big of a risk, but this, I mean, it's, it's so much more, it's so much more to be told, you know, so much more to look ahead to. And 2024 is going to be one of the most fascinating seasons in college football history. Um, the new playoff, all these new teams, how they're going to integrate it. What are they going to do? How are they going to separate conferences? What? And it's just going to be the launching point to more. Um, and so, you know, everything we're talking about today is only going to be speculation. I don't even think most of the athletic directors know what the hell is going on. So, you know, um, it's, it's fun to speculate. Um, that's what a lot of us do, especially in the off season. <laughs> uh, but, um, but, you know, ultimately I think I think it's really good for the sport I know and I'm this is coming from a traditionalist um I think it's really good because you know I think it's it's working towards leveling the playing field I really do it's not going to feel that way at first but I think it is and I don't think this could be wishful thinking, but I don't think that you could have a 12 team playoff and it's just going to still be automatically Alabama or Georgia winning it. I, I, you know, I think that there's really hope and opportunity for teams out there. TCU proved it last year. 
that you can really make it all the way to the championship. Let's not talk about the final score of that championship game, but you know, you can, you can do it. Um, and you know, Tulane beat USC in a bowl game last year. You can, you know, we just, it's interesting. It'd be very interesting to see these teams have the opportunity and just getting on that stage is enough to open up recruiting and to open up ideas and doors and possibilities. Um, I think that that part is what's going to be great. I hope it diminishes the dynasties. That's that's my hope. Well, and now you have the opportunity to keep your players. Correct. You you see you see guys saying, "Well, you know, I why why would I want to go to the NFL and be a a third round pick where I'm making NIL money that's going to kind of keep me at the, I could make more in college than I can in the NFL. I mean, absolutely. One of the biggest problems we were having for a while is happens more in college basketball, but was players leaving prematurely. And can you blame them? I mean, here, here's a huge check or here playing college and, you know, get your name used and number used for nothing. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just I think I think it's so good that that these changes are happening. And um, and again, it's coming from a traditionalist voice. Yeah. So. All right. So we were, you know, we're talking about some speculation. Let's let's do some speculating panel. Um, who are the biggest winners in this reshuffle? And likewise, who are the biggest losers? Well, I mean, I think we kind of hit a little bit of that. As far as we know right now, Stanford and Cal are struggling. Um, uh, you know, I think one of the biggest winners are Maryland and Rutgers because they, they signed out a long time ago and locked themselves in. Right. Um, you know, um, I, I, I wonder about, I wonder about teams like, like who have great stadiums and great potential who could potentially move up a Boise state, a San Diego state. Those teams feel to me like they could be winners coming up. Um, Appalachian state is another good example. These are, these are teams that have really made noise and could be the next in the, in a big part. As these teams, as these conferences begin to grow and expand, who's next, you know, um, you know, app, the, the app states, the Boise states, the San Diego states are, are some that really come to mind of teams that have really been strong over the years. Already UCF and Cincinnati have proved that to be true. Now they've joined the Big 12. So who's next? Um, there's, a, there's a void to be filled, right? Correct. And I think that those those teams have some, you know, some hope. You know, and it's funny because I was at the I was at the Hawaii Vanderbilt game. I saw a guy wearing a t-shirt, a Hawaii guy wearing a t-shirt that just said, "Hey, Pac-12, we're waiting on our invite." Um, and so, you know, it's, it's funny to me because here's a diminishing conference and you have teams like Hawaii being like, Hey, we're here. It's so funny, the dynamics and how it all goes. Um, yeah, the but, mountain West, could they be like ready to, all right, we're going to be the big conference out West now. I would like that. I'll, I'll tell you, I think that that would be great. I hope that, that that happens. Um, and, and maybe, maybe they can be part of, um, this big change and, it'll give these teams, these smaller teams, the Boise States, the San Diego States, I keep saying those two teams over and over, but you know what I mean? Give them an opportunity to grow and, and, and be a part of the big, big boys game. Um, so, 
but but right now, I think winners and losers, that's going to change year to year. Um, and we'll continue to see that. But in this year, right now, in this moment, I feel like Stanford and Cal, Washington State and Oregon State are your biggest losers. It feels like it feels like they got really snubbed hard. Um, you big part part of a big conference, and they're the ones that left got left behind. Um, and winners are obviously to me the UCF, Cincinnati's, BYU. BYU was smart to go independent a while back. I said, man, they are they are stepping away from the fray, and they're going to wait till things settle down. And once it did they got picked up, you know, as opposed to signing really fast, they waited until things were moving. And then Houston, of course, also joining the big 12. So, but that says something, those four teams joining the big 12, man, that, that says something. Those were, I first went to a Cincinnati game in 1999 when that stadium and that, I mean, I would have never imagined them being on the stage. They are now that stadium was not saying falling apart, but it wasn't pretty. And the, the team, you know, almost looked like they were in practice jerseys on game day. I mean, and here they are, you know, a quarter of a century later in one of the most major conferences and just coming off a college football playoff run. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I, I think the I think the the big losers are clearly Oregon State and Washington State. Uh, and and not just they're going to go from a big conference to a, a smaller conference. They're going to go from big conference money, yes. to small conference money, right? They're going to they're going to have to start making some tough choices. Uh, whoever the you might you might know Andrew, whoever the commissioner of the Pac-12 is, that dude's the biggest loser of them all because <laughs> his job has just pretty much been eliminated, right? And and. Yeah. Who, who would have thunk when when Oklahoma and Texas announced their move, we're going to move to the, the SEC, who would have thought that the Big 12 was, was going to end up being one of <laughs> the Power Four and not the Pac-12? Yeah, no one. Yeah, uh, and, and the commissioner of the Big 12, you, got, you have to give that guy credit because he pounded the pavement and brought in – you know, Cincinnati might, I mean, they're a good, good team, decent market, small stadium. Uh, BYU is, is vastly underrated as a, as a money school. Uh, Houston as a market is a great market, right? Orlando is a good market. He went after some big spots as opposed to, uh, you know, Lubbock, Texas, or or whatever, you know, I think the big 12 is, they're probably the other, the other ones that are the big winners out of this, uh, Waco and, and Ames, Iowa and, and Kansas, right? Like now you're adding the biggest market outside of those in the, in the, in the old, old big 12 would, would have been Texas would have been Austin. You have a, a lot of big schools in small markets. Now they got some, maybe not so huge schools, but they got some big markets coming in. Yeah. You know, I think um, uh, the, so first of all, Brett Yormark is the name of the big 12 commissioner. And I think he did have one great thing on his side. He had geography because you're central. And so, you know, traveling is a little easier. So, you know, it's not like UCLA. What did they say? One of the funniest things that came out of the, 
the Big Ten expansion, as they're talking about the biggest losers are the equipment truck drivers. Because going from L.A. to Piscataway, New Jersey is going to be a nightmare. Um, so, you know, there's that. Big 12 doesn't have to really worry about that. Geography is kind of moot for them. Um, you know, going from UC, going from Orlando to, um, you know, Waco isn't a big deal. Going from L.A. to Piscataway, kind of a big deal. So that's helpful. Um, but even just, you know, history of the Pac-12, you know, let's look at some of those teams. You know, Arizona and Cal, as long as they've been in it, have never been to the Rose Bowl. Um, oh, sorry, Cal has been. Apologies. Arizona hasn't, but Cal hadn't been for decades. Um, and so, you know, uh, you know, Oregon State for decades. And so, you know, there's a lot of teams that was dominated by UCLA, UCLA USC. And, um, and so there was not a lot of disparity. Um, it feels like it was right to fall apart, but you're right. The Pac-12 commissioner is, has got a lot, lot to work with and, and hopefully, hopefully they can find a way to merge and, and keep some of it alive. You know, and Washington state and Oregon state are probably bigger losers in this than Stanford and Cal. Stanford and Cal do have some academic prowess that helps them to navigate a little bit and move to other conferences. They have that in their back pocket that will help them to be more um, attractive. And Stanford and Cal both bring bigger markets with them. Correct. You got the, you got the San Fran market for sure. That's a big deal. In the end, is Notre Dame going to be <laughs> a winner or a loser? Well, you know, a TV contract, I mean, they, they, you know, no longer, uh, I don't know. So the NBC, will that always be the Notre Dame Broadcasting Company? I don't know. Um, NBC, Notre Dame, I think one thing that's good for them is that right now it feels like either they're going to fall into the ACC or they're going to fall into the Big Ten, right? So either way they go, um, some rivalries would be maintained, especially if Stanford comes over to the ACC. Um Still feels to me like Notre Dame would be missing a big, big, big swing and a miss if they didn't join the Big Ten at some point to come back and maintain all those rivalries. Michigan, Michigan State, Purdue, now USC coming in. Um, it, it just seems like for them, as such a traditionalist school, it would make the most sense. Um, but I, no one knows. Notre Dame is such a flip of the coin always. On my opinion, I think it'd make the best sense for them to join the Big Ten, monetarily, geographically, and to maintain some of the tradition. At what point do you think the uh, the others force their hand? Because Notre Dame has this unique kind of relationship where the athletic director of Notre Dame is basically equivalent to a, a conference commissioner. Yeah. Uh, in in the in the BCS days, it was you know all the conference commissioners plus Notre Dame, right? Army and Navy never had that. You know BYU never had that. At what point did the other commissioners say, you know what? Enough's enough. We're gonna we're gonna vote Notre Dame out. They're not gonna have these these same powers that they once did. And then. Well essentially it's going to force their hand. 
Well, in the spirit of leveling the playing field, like I've been talking about, it kind of feels inevitable that, you know, Notre Dame's going to have to really make a choice. Um, and whether it's an ultimatum type of choice or what, I don't know. But, um, you know, somebody's going to want Notre Dame. Let's be serious, of course. But, um, you know, eventually the sport's going to grow away from them if they don't join it. It's going to be a boat that leaves the dock. And, and they'll hop on board. They will. But they, they, they have some power, too. They have some power of choice themselves because they bring in a national market. You know, they really, really do, no matter where you are in the country, there are Notre Dame fans. So um, they have, they'll, they'll still have some power of choice, but um, it, it does really feel like they, they will be forced into a choice at some point too. You know, it's, 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 it's like, it's like that aging parent who, you know, at some point you got to put him in assisted living, uh, you know, but you know, you, you want to be able to, Make that choice for them before the choice is made for them. And they have to wind up, you know, you know, they get sick and fall and and then the choice is made for them. I think Notre Dame will find the right moment to to, you know, jump on before the choice is made for them. I would hope they do. That was a really strange analogy. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> so this is all about football. How do you think this plays out for the rest of the uh, athletic departments? So you're talking the whole time, David, and you stole my question. Well, you guys <laughs> are just sitting there. <laughs> I, I was waiting for the football discussion to, to peter out, and then I was going to come in with that question. But go ahead. That's a good, that's an excellent question. So Paul's got a question no, that don't. he wants to ask. Too late. Paul, go ahead. I'd like you to rephrase the question a little bit in your own. Give it your own spin. All right, Andrew, you talked a minute ago about the uh, the equipment managers in that long trip from say Los Angeles to New Jersey, I mean that's all well and good for a for a big sport like football, but what's that going to mean to all the other sports at, at these schools? You know what's what's it going to mean to a field hockey team, or to a softball team, or or to a fencing team? That's why I feel at some point it's it's going to have to move to some. I mean I feel like it would move into some sort of regional within the larger system like an MLB kind of thing where you're ensuring that a lot of these teams are going to play all you know all the west coast teams so like Oregon Washington UCLA and USC will always play each other so that traveling is a little bit more reasonable um that's that's the number one thing that comes to my mind um is just really you know going over the scheduling with a fine-tooth comb and ensuring that the travel dollars don't, you know, exceed budgets, but um, football rules. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but a, a lot of these other teams are either going to either football is going to have one conference and, you know, sort of like Notre Dame is like they're in the ACC in basketball, but they're independent in football. There might be some of that going on, um, you know, uh, but I, I see it either as that or, as really being careful and thoughtful about the scheduling um, because, you know, it's going to be football first and then everybody else kind of let's figure it out. You kind of look at a conference like the big East conference in that regard, where they tried to add football 
decided it really didn't work out and uh, kind of jettisoned the football teams and said, all right, now, now we're a basketball, basketball and other sports conference. Right. Right. And, and, you know, that too could be part of where that eventual, in my mind, that potential split of the group of five and power five could occur. And that would, you know, limit the amount of teams that you're running around to catch up with. I mean, um, there's, uh, this is such a weird year and such a weird time to be thinking about all this and where it's all going to head. But there's no doubt that another one of the biggest losers are all non-football sports, at least for the immediate future. It'll get figured out and it'll be reasonable at some point, but it's, it's going to be messy for a while, for sure. Right, uh, how, about, how about Florida State? How about the guts of Florida State when they're like, hey, either give us more money or we're out. I mean, I don't know if you heard about that, but they're looking around and no one's grabbing them yet. And and they're starting to make a decision and they're being like, okay, you know, ACC, I'm looking at the Big Ten and the SEC drawing in all this cash. And Vanderbilt, by the way, makes more than Florida State just by virtue of being in the SEC. You know what I mean? So, you know, I think they're looking at this. I, 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 you talk about force in the hand. There's a lot of there's a lot of frustration watching all this happen so fast. And teams are coming out, you know, uh, swinging. So, when you bring up Florida State, and I find Florida State to be funny and Clemson. Because yeah, these are Clemson teams that... Lots of people have talked about, right? You know, oh, well, where's where's Florida State going to go? Where's Clemson going to go? Where are right. they going? Uh, to me, they're not that attractive. Uh, Cle- Clemson has been good lately, Recently. right? But where they have Clemson? some good history. They have some good history. They won the title in the early '80s, and they've been yeah, well sure. But but would you yeah. rather have? Would you rather have if you're if you're a, a conference? Would you rather have the the Clemson South Carolina market? Especially, let's say you're the SEC. Do you get anything by get, bringing Clemson in? Well, hopefully you've got enough, you know, hutzpah to say, well, we could beat them anyway. Do we need Clemson? No, we have South Carolina already. As if that's a market worth having. Tallahassee, does Tallahassee do anything for us? Nah. We want South Florida. To me, the most attractive team, the the, the attractive teams in, in the ACC are, are Miami. Miami, yep. And Pittsburgh and Boston College. Those are the attractive. They're not the greatest in football, but I'd rather have those teams. Well, I'd, rather bring, I'd rather bring in that kind of money. As opposed to a, a, you know, well, you know, yeah, Florida State was great when Bobby Bowden was doing his thing, and they were independent and all that kind of stuff. You know, Dion was there, and you know, famous Jameis. But does that move the needle? Does that bring in more money? As as a network executive, am I am I counting on like tons of people wanting to watch Florida State? Or tons of people want, wanting to watch Clemson? Eh, not really. 
Well, there's a reason why the Big Ten went for Maryland and Rutgers. It wasn't because totally. of the storied football history. It's because he got New York and D.C. Um, and, you know, I, and I'm not slamming them. You know, I mean, they, they're, they're, I'm happy to have them in the Big Ten, truly. I mean, but, um, but yeah, no, I, I hear your point. Um, it's uh, Tallahassee and, and, and Clemson are off the beaten path. Uh, been to both of those stadiums. Lovely as they are, fervent fans as they bring, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, there's, there's a significant radius of nothingness around that. <laughs> so, you know, um, I mean, you know, storied programs, but I hear you. It's, it's, and, and I guess they have a contract to 2036 or something like that. And I don't know how they're going to get out of it anyway. It's, ugh, it's messy. Yeah. There's, there's been talk that if, the ACC brings in more teams that opens the door for other teams to leave. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think you have to be a lawyer to figure that out, uh, which is totally not me. <laughs> I just don't see any teams waiting till 2036. Oh. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. I mean, there's so, I mean, with how quickly things changed uh, in the past year, the, the, the level of impatience has, reached high decibel levels let's put it that way so yeah i'll tell you yeah i was just at vanderbilt this past weekend i hemmed and hawed about whether or not to to go because their stadium's under construction but i knew a lot of people that were going to be at the game and i wanted to see people and stuff i am so glad i went um seeing Vanderbilt make progress and when you have a team like Vanderbilt making the kind of changes they are in the SEC, that is like phenomenal progress. I mean, it's really great. Um, one Vanderbilt fan told me, finally, we've been asking for decades to see some tangible progress in Nashville. And, and finally we're actually seeing it and um, it's going to be beautiful, but boy, it was a, it was a hot mess looking at it, though. Either end zone was blown out. There were con- there were construction workers sitting on dirt berms watching the game. The scoreboard was hung from two cranes, uh, like 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 a Taylor Swift concert or something, you know. And it was it was an absolute mess. The steps, the makeshift metal steps that they made to get from one side of the stadium to the other were so wobbly and rickety. There were lawsuits all over that. It was, I mean, it was an absolute mess, but all that they're doing in that school, it's really cool to see that kind of progress. That, that is what getting into a place like the SEC will do for you. Um, You know, it can launch you even, you know, Vanderbilt will stay there um, because of the money they're getting. Um, They can do this. Um, It's going to be exciting for them. Really glad I went. Love to go back again. Great stadium. First bank stadium. We are, in fact, the Stadium Journey podcast. We have to talk about at least one stadium here, y'all. Well, uh, you know what, Andrew? We, we, once we were done with the uh, realignment, we were going to segue into that for you. But looks like well, you know, I felt the segue us. coming, so I just thought I'd do it for you. You hit the nail on the head. You hit the next, the next big get for one of these conferences. Taylor Swift. <laughs> she's going to bring in the money. Ain't that the truth? Good yeah, already, yeah, she's got three concerts in Indianapolis, and people are calling radio stations to win them because they can't get them. 
So yeah, well, yeah. you'd need about three or four Vanderbilt stadiums to fill uh, her concert. So, so or are you recommending not go to Vanderbilt until construction's done? Or I still, I would say wait. I, I'm glad as a as I like seeing progress. I like that. And I'd gone to Vanderbilt 15 years ago, saw Tim Tebow play there and torch him. Um, but um, torching but, teams, yeah. Um, but oh. it was fascinating to see. I've I've never really been at a stadium but under like such heavy construction while the game was going on, and it was oh god, it was interesting how they were trying to navigate everybody and get everybody in the right. Um, they walked us through the basketball stadium to get into the football stadium because um, they're connected and it's safe. It, it's a way to like avoid the construction. It was it was just something else. Um, a lot but, of fans or low turnout based on the construction. It it was disappointing. Still, I was disappointed with the turnout. Um, you know, they're hoping that this will amp turnout. It's yeah. Nashville. I mean, there's a million things to do in Nashville. I like Northwestern renovate their stadium. Northwestern has the same issue. There's a thousand things to do in Chicago than to go to Northwestern, but they're, they're both doing the right thing. They're both Northwestern and Vanderbilt are taking the same blueprint. And that is, you know, yeah, they're, they're, they're tearing down their hundred year old stadiums, which traditionalists makes me sad, but going forward, they're building stadiums that are going to be around 35 to 40,000. They're, they're living within their means, you know? They're not trying to build 80,000-seat stadiums that will get half-filled. They're going to have a high-tech, high-amenity stadium that seats 35, 40,000. And let me tell you something. 35 and 40,000 can sound just as loud as 80,000. It really can. And you can you charge know? more. <laughs> and you charge more, especially if you have these luxury suites that are going to be coming in right. both these stadiums. They're going to be incredible. Um, you know, so... They're doing it right. And, and you know, you, you live you live within your identity. You don't try to be the Alabama. You do what you can. And and you know, you, you move forward. And and um that's how you, you stay on the same playing field is you stick to your identity and not try to be somebody else. Yeah, well, you make it an option, you know, like in, in northwestern Chicago or, or down in Vanderbilt, you may not have money to go to an NFL game or you may not want to spend uh get season tickets you get season tickets here and you're like hey for for what they're giving me for the new stadium right in perks it's it's worth coming here because you are watching good football most of the time well yeah no but you're right like vanderbilt you're gonna see alabama and georgia come in and florida and tennessee you know and and uh northwestern you see ohio state michigan penn state wisconsin so you're gonna always have these powerful teams coming through Notice how I always sneak Wisconsin in there. Um, you're always you can see these powerful teams coming through all the time, so they know that they're gonna, you know, they, they know they're gonna be just fine. So uh, Andrew, we would be remiss, and I, you're advertising a little bit with your T-shirt there for our listeners who are not familiar with you through your what about ten appearances now on the podcast. Yeah. You're on a on a quest to try to visit every FBS football stadium in the nation. So how how goes the the battle there? No, oh, well I hit a great milestone last year. I, I hit stadium number one hundred on my on my journey, and um, you know there are a few others out there doing doing the same thing. Some that have finished, um, and they're they're incredible. Some of these some of these guys have been out there who've done this, uh, have done it at such uh, incredible uh, speeds. Uh, it's just it's amazing. Um, my teaching gig kind of slows me down a little bit 
Um, so I'm at 100, um, and my goal is to really thoroughly experience game day. So I, I, I really want to show you around. So I stay pretty much Friday through Sunday when I go to a place. Um, and I am taking in the traditions, the cultures, uh, everything that makes a college game day special at whatever location I'm going to. Um, you know, go out to the you know restaurants or whatever as, as best I can. And, um, and I documented on my website, collegefootballtour.com. And then um, where I really am, you know, pushing more things out, Twitter is at college underscore FB underscore tour. I have a lot of good material there. And really boosting my Instagram and YouTube, of which you can just find by searching college football tour. It's on those places where you'll be able to see a lot of the video stuff that I do. I really want to give you a sense of what it's like to be there on game day. So I walk you through campus. I show you the traditions. I bring you there firsthand um, to really get a sense of what it'd be like to be sitting in that stadium or sitting in that tailgate lot or whatever it may be. And that's what I do. And so it's a yes. Thank you very much. Um, so it's a it's it's a it's a fun journey. And I'll be honest with you. I'm so glad that it's been doing it for almost 20 years now. I'm so glad that I that I'm taking my time with it because Definitely. um you know it uh it's 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 really gotten me the opportunity to meet so many wonderful people um and everybody's so willing to to take to, everybody's so willing to show me what they're proud of at their university that's so much fun um and and being a part of these stadiums that some venerable stadiums that have just been around forever and the new ones that are coming coming up it's so exciting to see these teams changing and, and, and I love to document it all on my journey. And so, um, so hundred is where I'm at right now. And uh, there's 134 as of next year in 2024, they keep extending my finish line. When I started moving, the, moving those goalposts on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's okay. I mean, it's okay. Slash not okay. I do want to finish it at some point here. Um, but, uh, it's, it's, it's just, it's an absolute blast. And, um, New ones this year that you're heading to? Yeah, so new ones this year. Um, I got 16 cities that I'm going to, eight new stadiums, a lot of revisits. Like I'm revisiting, I've just revisited Vanderbilt. I'll be revisiting Appalachian State, Missouri, um, and Kansas State. New ones will be Kansas, um, who's also renovating their stadium sooner than later. Uh, I will be going to Coastal Carolina, Virginia, Old Dominion, uh, Army, which I'm very excited about. I know Dave has. Ooh, a, ooh. I know. I know you have a little. Bit when are you heading out to Army? You'll have to let me know, Andrew. Okay, good, 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 good. I will absolutely. I'll be October seven for the Boston College game. Um, so that'll be a that should be a big. probably the biggest game on the schedule this year. This is a, it's a long weekend, so we're going to spend some time in New York City as well, um, and uh, going to Charlotte. James Madison and Stanford. So those are the new ones this year. Going to catch that Notre Dame at Stanford game at the end of the year. Do you have one set aside for number one thirty-four, or is just it's going to work out the way it works out? I do have one set aside um, in my mind because I have a lot of friends. I, 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 you know, I'm so fortunate to bring so many friends with me on this journey, and so many of uh, jump on. Brought some friends with me to Nashville this weekend. For Vanderbilt, um, and a lot of them are saying, "I want to be there for your last one." Well, I don't want my last one to be in kind of a a town then that is doesn't have very much to do. So uh, I've earmarked 
uh, San Antonio, UTSA, because I feel it's central to the country. Uh, people can fly there from wherever. It's a destination kind of city. They play in a dome, so I won't have to worry about weather messing up my last game. Um, you know, I've really thought this out. I, I have many more reasons as well. Um, I know, I mean, they're a great, great fan base. Um, so I, I, I feel like that would be a good one. That's kind of been in my mind. Um, I don't want to get UTSA fans excited down in that Alamo dome, but uh, it can you know, be gone or heavily renovated by the time. Maybe it'd be an open stadium by the time. Oh, man, I gotta finish this thing. You're <laughs> <laughs> like, like a big umbrella over it. Uh, well, they, I can't, they, I can't finish it. There could be no ones anyway. I can't realistically make any plans. I got made plans to go to Vanderbilt this past weekend, like two years ago. I made that plan as I, you know. I, uh, Hawaii was playing there. I made some friends when we were at the Hawaii game a few years ago. I'm like, hey, I'll come and see you at Vanderbilt. And then they tear up their stadium. Well, I'm, I'm not going to change my mind. I'm going to keep going forward. So I got to, I, I, you know. Yeah, then you go back that. 10 years from now and, and talk about the, the green cranes with the swinging <laughs> scoreboard, which I just looked that up. That's insane. Look like it's going to fall over. <laughs> I know. I, you had to walk under it to get to the other side of the stadium. And there was there was a moment when the wind there was a weather delay and uh the winds were picking up and that thing was swaying um so yeah i i'd be very happy to tell that story whenever i return to first bank stadium and see it's 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 all its glory i'm really glad i went man i i i was thinking like oh this is gonna this is gonna kind of suck but it didn't at all it was great it was cool to see do you have any interest in uh going back to a place that's going to be in a new conference? Um, yeah, you know, <clears throat> there are a lot of places that I want to just revisit anyway, because we loved them, um, you know, so much. Um, I really want to go back to Colorado. Um, the, the stadium hasn't changed a ton, a ton. Um, but I really want to go back. Uh, want to go back while Dion's there. Um, you better go this year. I know. I know. Like, who knows? He'll be gone. He'll be gone next year. I guess. Oh man. You know. Woo. I have a lot of thoughts in my mind about that. Um. I just. I, but Colorado's definitely one. Um. You know. I want to go back to Cal. Um. But yeah. You know. Like. I. I ha- Here's the thing. I, there are some places like, I have to go to Oregon yet. And by the time I get there, <clears throat> they'll be in the Big Ten. So, you know. Um. That is the weirdest thing for me to say, by the way. God. Um, You're getting all but, prepped. You got your Nike hat and everything ready. Oh, yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah, right there. Um, but, you know, no, not not necessarily because they're in a new conference. The only reason why I'd be interested in going back to another stadium was be, would be because I really loved my experience and I want to experience it again. Or they've, like, ridiculously updated their stadium or completely leveled it in something new. Like, you know, when I went to San Diego State and I went to the dilapidated Qualcomm Stadium, now they have this gorgeous Snapdragon Stadium. I'm definitely going back. And, you know, San Diego is one of my favorite towns. We have, we have like, tons of friends there that we hang out with all the time. So I'm going to get there eventually. But those would be my main reasons for sure. Snapdragon. I don't have any more road trip questions. What the hell happened to me? <laughs> Well, a lot, a lot of these road trips, are they, how many are you flying to this year? 
Well, I'll tell you, like I flew a lot last year. Um, I wanted to keep things a little bit more local when I was buying these tickets, plane tickets were expensive and I needed to kind of reel it in a little. So you'll notice my schedule, you know, when you hear things like me spending a lot of my time in Kansas and Virginia, so I'm based out of Chicago. So I'll be spending a lot of time in Kansas and in Virginia and places that are kind of like hour and a half flights, like Nashville, you know what I mean? Um, so it's not so much that um, I'm still flying a lot, I guess, but it's shorter flights. And there's a few places I am going to that are drives. Like I'm, I'm driving to Missouri. Um, that's only six hours from my from from Chicago, so it's not bad at all. Um, but um, it just I had to I had to rein in a little bit. Um, and then you know Stanford is my my long one this year. I had a lot of long like long trips last year. But uh, Stanford's my longer one, and I pretty much bought it on points after I bought all the others. <laughs> so you always fly the same airline. Um, I'm leaning more towards two airlines more consistently now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I just I got back from Seattle on uh, Alaskan Airlines. Loved it. So yeah, Alaska's um, a great airline. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna look into them a little more often. Uh, uh, Alaska Airlines, feel free to uh, endorse college football tours. Yeah. More than welcome yeah. to. Uh, whenever I need to the West Coast, thank you. <laughs> We love the service, and uh, you know it's it was it was a lot better than I thought. They were on time. That's what I liked. I mean, <laughs> it's 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 sad that that's 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 the issue. Yes. These my God, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, you know, it's it's always creating the schedule. Um, it's a lot of fun. Um, because you know it's like okay, what town can I get to? Who? What friend can I stay with? Or who can jump? You know, that kind of stuff is fun. Um, I try not to overwhelm myself. So like I went to Nashville last week, but I'm going to go to Madison this week. So it's close to home, but then Kansas the next week, but then kind of staying close to home again the week after. So I kind of, I, I alternate it, but a lot of it depends on television too. So like I have a triple header, coastal Carolina happens to be playing on a Thursday. Virginia's playing on a Friday. Old Dominion's playing on a Saturday. Hell yeah. I'm hitting all three of those. Yeah. I'm no, I love, that. I love when that one. works out. Right. Like once, once the television schedules, I can, I can, I, I can speak for all of us who are doing this tour. Once those television schedules come out, it's funny. We all start jibber jabbing with each other. Like, Oh, did you see this? This time came out, this time came out. Where are you going to go? Are you going to, how are you going to couple this one with this one? And so that's when it really starts to launch off. A lot of that starts coming out around March or April and our, just our hair is on fire. We all have the same sickness, my friends. We all yeah, I know. <laughs> but like with me, with minor league and summer collegiate, if I can get a game on a Tuesday night and there's a camp day Wednesday morning and then there's a game that night, you know, that's three games and two nights for me. That's, that's a jackpot. <laughs> it really is. It's totally the way to go. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's the economical way to go, you know. Yes, but I do agree. It's nice to spend time in that city. Because there's a lot of right. places, and mm -hmm. I talk, you know, I talk from baseball. A lot of times you're in a city and you're just there to watch the game. Like Cape Girardeau, Missouri, would have loved to have spent the night there, but just based on my right. schedule. Yeah, and and so I hear that. And so, like, with that triple header, for example, like, I'm going to be spending a lot of the daytime at each one of those places. So all three of those are um, – well, the first two are night games. And the next one's an afternoon game. So it gives me the opportunity to like really spend the day there, check out the town. Um, you know, it's not like I'm coupling a night game with a quick turnaround 11 a.m. game the next day. So I, I try to spread them so I have some time, even in my triple header or double headers. 
we've had this discussion with other people before about the the merits of doing your your quest quickly versus stopping and smelling the roses and i think this panel anyway we're all proponents of taking your time and get to see more than just the game more than just the stadium and and experiencing the food and the culture and the people of a certain city so i definitely agree with what you're saying andrew i hear that and i i do truly do appreciate those who who um who are who push through and and have that travel stamina i mean there's so there's just it's incredible uh how how much determination and endurance is out there for those who are really knocking these stadiums off one by one it's it's just mind-blowing and i really tip my hat to them because um you know there is a large part of me as much as i am enjoying the journey um (laughs) i'm like oh my gosh it's been 20 years. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And it's like, you know, I, I, I'm, I look forward to finishing that, but still going to stadiums for different reasons. I'd love to see like rivalries next. Let's go to Alabama, Auburn, let's go to Michigan, Ohio state. So I'm still going back to the stadiums for a different purpose. Um, you know, so, but I, but truly trust me, it's stadium journey, right? It's about the journey. Hey, look at that. You didn't mm-hmm. might've come up with our new slogan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, before we wrap it up, Andrew, why don't we uh, give you a minute or two where you can uh, restate all your website and your online feed so our listeners can follow along with your quest. Absolutely. So um, College Football Tour, um, and you can see my updates all fall, um, every fall, um, uh, at collegefootballtour.com. My uh, Instagram, TikTok now. Ooh, I'm like the kids. Okay. Instagram, the TikTok, and um, YouTube. All if you just were to find and search College Football Tour, you'll find it. And Twitter slash X is at College underscore FB underscore Tour. Um, and Twitter is the one that um, I you know navigate on the most. So if you have that, I highly recommend jumping on there. But um, I'd love for you all to check out my Instagram and YouTube stuff. It's that's where you get the majority of the videos, and I'm really proud of those, and it's fun to see. Nice. Um, Dan, where can our listeners follow you online? As we follow me <laughs> at Dan 83. Nice. Mark, uh, where can our listeners follow your adventures? And uh, what do you got planned for the next? Andrew, we have Mark. Sir, hold on one second. I didn't ask you if you got anything planned for the next few weeks, Mark, uh, Andrew. So we'll let you be like Mark. everybody else. And Mark, man, Dan, Drew, yeah. Mark. Mark, who goes me or Andrew? So back Andrew to Andrew does. and what I got. Yeah, the next I'm going to come back to Andrew. Sorry. Back to Andrew. Okay. Um, just, you know, I did kind of say this, but uh, going to Camp Randall, my home, my my heart uh, this Saturday, uh, the opener. Um, so heading there. And then I got my doubleheader in Kansas, Kansas, and Kansas State the weekend after that. So looking forward to those locations. Sorry, Mark. Thanks for being patient. Where, where, are, you, where are you heading? I, I was in mid yawn. I, I got the, I'm exhausted, but. Um... I don't know why, because well, I know why. But anyway, uh, I'm supposed to be in Fort Wayne, see the Tin Caps this weekend, and that's the plan. And I am uh, looking to college football right now. So UC is on my list as a potential game uh, within the next two weeks. So is Louisville. So um, check that out. And then uh, also Louisville City. I'm trying to work it out where I can go the Cardinals and then a loose City football game at night. I don't know if that's going to be in the works. So I just have to take, you know, two separate two-hour trips down to uh, Louisville, which isn't a bad thing. Beautiful city and uh, plenty of good times down there. 
Nice. And making it, and our listeners can follow you. Uh, Ballpark Hunter on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Threads. And of course, here on Stadium Journey, I have an article uh, about Capital City Stadium uh, in South Carolina. Pictures uh, provided to me by Donnie Wise. Uh, beauty, and, and he's my latest guest on my other podcast that I do. So uh, I'm going to be missing the baseball season. That's going to wrap up for me, at least minor league-wise, pretty soon. So football. Football's next. Nice. Uh, Dave, where can I just follow you and where are your travels taking you? Uh, tomorrow, back to Rogers Center to watch the possibly floundering Toronto Blue Jays. I'm not sure. If, if they're going to hit the playoffs, they got to put the pedal to the metal here. It's getting silly. Man, make sure you send those Joe Carter pictures. Well, the Red Sox are not helping you right now. Hey, I was nice. I didn't send you any Joe Carter pictures. You still mentioned it. Might as well. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll send the Joe Carter pictures. This is just might as well show the pictures. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, and then uh, it's uh, university football season up here. So uh, home opener for the Wilfrid Laurie Golden Hawks uh, is on the third on September third. And uh, interesting, Andrew, that you were talking about Vanderbilt and not. Anywhere near this level, but uh, University Stadium is going to be a bit of a mess this year with construction and whatnot. So uh, you can follow all those things on Twitter and Instagram and threads and YouTube at Profan9. All right. And as for myself, uh, you can follow my travels on Twitter and Instagram at PuckmanRI. All right. So we were talking about the sickness of planning trips, right? Listen to this one. So we had one planned out for Labor Day weekend. We were going to go down to Rutgers, catch opening, uh, not Rutgers, a uh, Temple, catch their opening day, then go down to Wilmington, catch a Blue Rocks game. On the way back, hit the game in Rutgers, the Sunday game, and then uh, hit the New Jersey Jackals. Wow. Uh, then I started doing a little math and hotel rooms and everything else. I said, you know what? We can't afford this right now. we got some other bills coming up. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, about 15 minutes after we scuttled that trip, we had a new one in place. So... <laughs> don't tell me there's not something wrong with us. So uh, Labor Day weekend, we're going to do a quick up and back. We're going to head over to Syracuse, catch the Orange Men yeah. in their home opener. Uh, never been to, never been inside the Carrier Dome. I've seen it a million times. And then uh, we'll probably, depending on the weather, depending on which way we want to drive on the Sunday, we're going to either go to see the uh, Rochester Red Wings or stop in in Hartford on the way back and catch the Yard Goats. So uh, I'll let you know what's going on. So, yeah, again, follow that at Puckman RI. And then when I get back home, uh, guess what? I don't have a day off until, uh, until I think, uh, December something because college sports start up and working as a PA announcer for three colleges now, I'm going to be booked pretty solid. So I know uh, the week after Labor Day, I have a volleyball game I'm doing at Brown. I've never even seen a volleyball game, and I'm going to be doing announcing for it. So that'll be fun. You, you also have some calls to make. I have some calls to make. Yeah, about women's hockey. See if you uh, yeah make some calls. Uh, that's going to be way down the way down the road. Yeah, make, the big make, make 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 some calls. Make some calls. Yeah, there is a team in Boston. I have already gotten three thousand phone calls today about it, but none of them from anybody who matters. So we'll see what happens. Oh, I was going to say yeah, three thousand phone calls, but no one's saying. But by the way, you want to um, come back? Well, it's a whole new it's a whole new league, a whole new oh, yeah. uh, management system, and they have publicly stated that they do not want anyone from the old league working for the new league. Wow. So we'll see what happens. Um, and uh, yeah, you must start with football I, starting up I can't, this week. So. I can't wait for that documentary one day. That's going to be exciting. Uh, so, I yeah, need so to know the juicy details. 
<laughs> there yeah. will be juicy details. Maybe we will have another podcast coming soon with some juicy details. So stay tuned. Okay. Um, so remember, you can find all of our stadium reviews, news items, and other feature stories on the website, stadiumjourney.com. Connect with us on our social media channels at Stadium Journey. For audio versions of this podcast, search HIAC Talk Radio Network or wherever you look for your favorite podcasts, you'll find us too. Video simulcasts can be found on Stadium Journey's YouTube page. And you can join us, doesn't cost nothing, for our live streams every other Tuesday night at yeah. roughly 7 Eastern at danlaw.tv. We will be back in two weeks on September. I think that's September 12th, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. My calendar may be off by a little bit. But anyway, I've been working on something exciting. I can't give it away yet. Waiting for some confirmation. Well, let's just say stay golden, pony boy. So, as always, thanks, everyone, for your support. Ralph Macho is going to be here. Huh? Ralph Macho. You're watching the Golden Girls? (laughs) Guys, not even close. Tom Cruise? You guys want to start guessing? I got all night. <laughs> well, it's not even the Golden Girls. We know that. <laughs> it, could be, it could be a Golden Girl. Stormy Daniels. <laughs> Bonnie not, Blair. Not that kind of gold, man. No, no. I I'm recommend B. Arthur. <laughs> all right, let's sign off. Thanks, Andrew, for joining us again. <laughs> Dan, Mark, and Dave. This is Paul. Wishing you all. See? journeys and close games hope to see you all on the road real soon